This is the Thursday Night Podcast, your source for news, analysis, and all things Georgia State sports. Because every day is Thursday. Hello and welcome to episode 89 of the Thursday Night Podcast. My name is Taylor and I'm joined today by the whole crew, David, Brady, and Jordan. Gentlemen, it's been two weeks going back to back after the hiatus. How are we feeling today? Yeah, it feels weird. Good weird. Uh, we're back in the rhythm. It's It feels like it's football season again because it is football season again. Basically, this means that you guys are stuck with us for the next like eight to, you know, 15 weeks. So huzzah. Basketball is happening, too. I'm questioning your mouth math skills a little bit. I thought you were about to say eight to ten months, and I was like, okay, you overdid it there, but... There's got to be a week off in there somewhere, but... Eight to ten fortnights, you can expect to hear our sultry tones every Thursday afternoon. Fourteen songs on fourteen CDs. (laughs) That's how it's going to be. Well, today we've got some football news. Uh, fall camp starting on Friday. Um, uh, tomorrow, as of the recording uh, or the release of this pod, um, we got a little bit of a um, kind of a breakdown on the defensive line situation. Um, Brady and David have been chopping up uh, some positional previews, and we're going to be doing some a uh, little bit of a deeper dive in here. And coming up on Saturday the 7th, Georgia State's hosting their Saturday open practice. Gates are opening at nine and the event start it's starts at ten. Um, so, gentlemen, let's talk about uh, just the state of uh, the football, sort of the program heading into 2021 camp. Uh, and then let's kind of steer more directionally towards the uh, the defensive line. Yeah. So as of this pod being out, the first of our position previews, which I wrote, is out. Uh, It's on the defensive line, and so that's why we're focusing our discussion here this week. Next week, we will have multiple pieces to discuss, and so uh, that will be the linebackers and the safety groups as we continue to go position by position. And uh, definitely read the piece. We're not... This isn't going to be necessarily like a stenography segment where we just read what I wrote, because that would be really bad podcast fodder. Um, And we're going to go a little bit deeper, and so... David, I wanted to start this off by asking you, I mean, it's a different situation, I think, just because of the years that guys like Jeffrey Clark had and guys like Thomas Gore had and, you know, even Akeem uh, Akeem Smith and then Trey Moore just in the bowl game had a sack and performed well in spring practice. So it feels like the depth really has built into where it's almost a bigger deal than the guys that we know are good, you know, your Hardrick Willis, your Dante Wilson. I think you said that perfectly. Um, you know, we, I feel like in all sports, we've said the D word a lot the last couple of years, but if there's any specific position group that has great depth, it's definitely this lineman group. Um, there are guys who are going to be fighting for minutes you know, whether there be injuries or just, you know, third down and, you know, down in distance and game situation dictate, you know, those guys who will be fighting for minutes like uh, Jeff Clark that you mentioned, you know, he could be a starter on like every other Sunbelt defensive line. And I think that is probably one of, if not the most exciting things, the things that I'm excited about for this defensive group. 
Um, you know, we talk a lot about pressure and, you know, getting after the quarterback and Georgia state had like easily the best season last year in that regard. Um, and it, you know, it was twofold. It was guys up front, guys on the edge, um, both linemen and linebackers. And, you know, they've, they've brought back a lot of guys who, you know, were instrumental in that your Hardrick Willis's, your Dante Wilson's, um, you know, and as you said, you've got Trey Moore coming back. You've got a couple other guys who could probably feature in there. Uh, but it's going to be a really good unit who who will look to take that next step in terms of getting pressure. You know, they were really good at getting the quarterback down, but there were a lot of plays where quarterbacks kind of scrambled away from them. Um, and when they didn't get home, quarterbacks were able to, you know, kind of do some things against Georgia state. Like I remember specifically in the Louisiana game, um, you know, that was a game where we were like, okay, we liked the defensive line coming into the season, but they really kind of, kind of woke up and said, uh, yeah, we were here. We were good. But especially in that fourth quarter, that second half, when Louisiana kind of settled down and kind of mounted their comeback, there were a lot of plays where, you know, better pressure up front from a nose guard, you know, gets his hand up in the face of Lewis and, you know, impacts those throws. I remember Lewis scrambling, you know, kind of, uh, he stepped up and then turned around and then kind of threw to his right for a big completion down the right side of the field. Um, and, you know, if you've got a defensive line that's able to be both disruptive and get after the quarterback, you know, those types of plays don't happen. So, you know, that'll be something that we and like me specifically is looking to improve upon this season. Um, but I really like this group. I really, really do. And I know it's easy to say that about every group and, you know, we'll try not to do that for every single preview. But I think if we if I had to put money down on, you know, one of the better position groups on this Panthers team, defensive line would definitely be one of the first people that I would mention. And, you know, to touch on the entire other side of the ball, uh, because everything you're saying is true and the amount of pressure they can put up to affect the passing game is important but especially as the season went on the defense just got really stout against the run say for a couple games where maybe some big plays inflated the actual numbers in that game and that starts up front the defensive line starts all of that uh and the front seven more broadly uh so yeah looking back at last year in the louisiana game you mentioned aside from the issues getting the quarterback a couple of big runs meant that Louisiana finished with 240 yards on the ground. The Coastal game, which almost isn't worth mentioning the others just because it was such a weird anomaly game that just didn't go well in any facet of the game. Coastal got 250 on the ground, and then Georgia Southern got 296 on the ground, and that was another game where a couple of big runs that got busted out are what inflated those numbers. Through certain stretches of those games, Georgia Southern couldn't really get anything going on the running game. And so that helped you win that game in the end. And I just think you want to see more of the same. I and mean, you've got Dante going back inside, probably to where he played his play most of his career. He was a nose guard, starting nose guard for first three years. Last year, he played some outside at defensive end, just I think because they could. I think they wanted to get the other guys some reps and he could pop out. I think we'll probably see him go back to where he was and. You know, that was the thing he mentioned when at uh, Sunbelt Media Days is that he wants to uh, st- stop in the runs, the number one thing for him, and, and also getting the quarterback. And, you know, those things are important. There were two games last year where Georgia State had more than had four or more sacks and lost. 
you know, and obviously one of those games was that weird Arkansas State game. And at that point, it was kind of a, a little bit of a fluky sort of toss them up game. But I mean, think about it. If you are able to bring down the quarterback in just one more snap, one more play, you know, you might force a third down. You might actually force the dreaded punt because both teams were allergic to punting in that game. Um, you know, but I, I love what you said about stopping the run, because if there's, if there's anywhere that this team kind of struggled with at some point, it was just kind of, they need to just clean up those really small, but plays that add up, you know, if you, if you're getting guys that are going for four yards, every play, I mean, it's, that four yards of play is great from a ground game perspective. It's not most colleges can do better than that. The good ones. But, you know, if you're a defense, you want to be getting that number down as much as possible. Three, two yards per rush, because, you know, if a team is getting four yards every rush, they're getting a first down every three plays. You know, that's just it's not it's not how you need to be if you want to be one of those defenses that are, you know, the tops of the conference. And the, from the comments that we have seen, you know, from Fuque and from guys on the defensive line, like they want to be one of the best defenses in the conference. I mean, who wouldn't be? Yeah. And the thing about run defense is it is incredibly thankless work, especially guys that are playing nose guard, playing on the inside of defense. Like those guys are just in the trenches all day, even more than even guys in pass rush, just because you've got the big bodies the nasties on the offensive line, the other side, uh, I, I say the word nasties affectionately, love offensive linemen, uh, the nasties getting into it and getting the big blocks in. And, you know, you're not getting a sack on the end of, you know, even if you get a two yard gain, you, you get a tackle maybe, and it might not even be, you get the tackle. You just shift the run to a different gap and then someone else gets the tackle. And so that's not going to necessarily show up in the stat seat, or it's not a big stat, like a sack or like a interception or whatever, but it's, the most important work that anyone can do. And, you know, it's funny how it works that sometimes that the more thankless jobs, the ones that don't go in the stat sheet are the ones that matter the most, but that's sort of how it is. And I think that Georgia state's got a lot of options there. And I'm really interested to see, you know, we, we always like last year, we didn't know Jeffrey Clark was going to end up starting games by the end of the year at this point. And we didn't know Thomas Gore was going to play the minutes he did and get some sacks. And so, there's obviously a set starting group and you know, the seniors aren't going anywhere and every sack Hardrick gets going to be a new record for the career numbers at Georgia state. And you know, that's going to be fun to watch how high he can get that. But you know, there's still going to be times where guys need a break and you go to the sideline. And it's going to be interesting to see who spells who and which of these young guys get in because freshmen are hard to predict, but I feel like we're going to see one of these true freshmen flash and start seeing the field more and more. And we're going to be like, oh, this guy's making impressions in practice and really interested to see who that is. I think that the the freshmen, you know, it'll be flashes. I don't know that anyone's going to just outright take a job outside of injury, but it's a talented group. It was a good recruiting class, and I'm interested to see which one of those guys sees the field. I'm just going to use this moment to plug Omarion Hammond. That's a great name. So just, you know, obviously go read the piece. Brady did a good job, but uh, Omarion Hammond, I'll be watching. That's 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 your name to watch for this year. If you're looking for freshmen to make an impact. 
So let's go ahead and move on to some soccer news. Not too often we have too much to report on here about soccer, but this is a big event for both the men and the women's soccer team as they have cut the ribbon, I believe, this morning as of recording on the new soccer complex at 188 MLK, which, of course, was the previous home of the football program and marching band practice and a couple other things as well. Uh, So what they've done is they've torn down the uh, weight room building that was constructed when Trent Miles was the head coach, and they've put in a brand new natural grass pitch uh, that is basically the entirety of the lot that is not the warehouse building and what looks like maybe a little bit more than a third of the original turf field it is a north-south orientation field all the way to the property lines more or less there's a picture on twitter at uh, gsu panthers posted and uh looks like nice full-size regulation field beautiful green grass um there's no stands yet as some people have pointed out in the pictures uh, they're going to erect some before the first games Um, But there is an opportunity I've seen, and I I made a note on the Panther Talk forums earlier today. Rooftop Terrace, if they were to put one on top of the warehouse, would be basically right at the middle of the pitch. That would be a fantastic opportunity. I hope they do something like that. But yeah, a huge step for the soccer program after being in Panthersville since, I don't know, longer than I've been alive. So it'll be really, really exciting to have them added to the group of sports that have wonderful new facilities downtown. Excited to see how that shapes up. I know they've got a little bit more stuff to do with that. But again, that's a huge, huge thing. And now we just have to get baseball and softball out to, uh, I I guess we're calling it the Summerhill area. And then we'll have everybody right there ready to go. Uh, Baseball has also made a new coaching hire. Lars Davis coming to Georgia State as an assistant coach after seven years working with the University of Florida baseball team. He was himself a former Big Ten player of the year at Illinois, where he caught and was a third round pick in the 2007 MLB draft by the Diamondbacks. Yeah, anyone, anytime you talk about pedigree, college baseball programs, Florida is one of the, you know, first five names, 10 names you'll the list. So getting anyone who's acquainted with that program, big deal. Uh, I think he was listed as a volunteer baseball coach. I don't really know what that entails. Um, I'm not as in and out on, uh, I'm not as up and down just what the specifics are with baseball coach divisions are, but he's got the experience with an SEC program. He played in a Big Ten program. And so as they're continuing to build this thing, only good to get voices like that in the locker room. And that is just about going to do it for this week. Before we get you out of here, we did want to remind you, of course, that we have the defensive line piece up on the website right now. So make sure you go check that out. Brady did a good job with that. And also don't forget about the open practice Saturday at Center Park Stadium. Gates opening at 9 a.m. Free parking in the green lot, as well as free admission. And there's going to be some events for the kids and everything. Uh, all sorts of good stuff happening. So if you have the time Saturday morning, you want to go see the team for the first time in the fall season, make sure to go check that out. And uh, yeah, excited to be back at it with some weekly podcast updates. And we are looking forward to bringing you more coverage weekly as we approach the season and into the season itself. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you in the next one. Bye-bye. The 
The Thursday Night Podcast is a production of ThursdayNight.com, the independent source of choice for all things Georgia State sports. This podcast and all included sounds are exclusive property of and copyright 2019 Jordan Crawford Enterprises, LLC, on behalf of ThursdayNight.com, unless otherwise specified. The podcast is produced by Programming Director Brady Weiler and Technical Director Jordan Crawford, with assistance from co-hosts Taylor Dynan and David Salmon. You can find the podcast on SoundCloud, as well as podcast aggregators like Spotify, Google Play, and Apple Podcast. To submit questions and comments, or to request information on advertising and corporate partnerships, contact the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as at Thursday Night, or via email at thursdaynight at gmail.com.